0: up, Excel. I don't know. I don't know. I feel the atmosphere is weak tonight a little bit. I feel there's there's a weakness. I just got to find out which section it is. Is it this completely random section of boys that just ended up being here? Um, so let me, let me just find, I'm going to find out real quick who's not bringing the noise. Um, left side, is it you? <laughs> left side sounded good. Right side? Ooh. Ooh. It sounded like right side, right? Let's try it again. Hold on. I'm going to give you a chance. Right side. Right side. Is it you? Ooh. That's as that's sad as a limp puppy. That was just not good. Let me try it. Left side. Ooh. 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 Gentlemen, come on. Like, come on, gentlemen. Help me out. You just can't let the ladies do you like that. Right side. Myron, go to the bathroom. You suck. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, just a couple of announcements I want to make sure everybody is aware of. Like you saw in that video, Momentum is coming up and we're hyped about that. Uh, we want to make sure, listen to me. This is important for me, okay. I have been going to Momentum since I was a teenager, since I was 15, 16 years old. And I have never not gone and not seen God do something incredible. And so I want to encourage you, do not let money be the issue, do not let laziness be the issue, do not let the, here's my favorite dumb excuse, I don't know anybody. That's why we want you to go, so that you can get to know people. That's why you don't know anybody, because you keep avoiding opportunities to get to know them. And I'm telling you. You really get to know someone when you share a hotel room with them and their nasty little farts are letting out all that night. Sometimes they don't even know about it. They're just asleep and, and you're just like, man, we just got close, man. This just went next level. And ladies, don't act like y'all ain't farting because I've been around. I, uh, yep, I'm married. I know how that goes. And so uh, if you want to get close to somebody, you know how it is. Let a little gas out and then, bam, we family, okay? So I want to encourage you guys, sign up. Uh, especially if you're new, this is a great thing we want to make sure that we do for you. And then uh, just to give you a heads up, we're leaving November 15 and 16. This month is the last month for early bird registration, which is at $110. After that, the price goes up. And again... We have a limited spot. So we have a certain number of hotels already booked. I just got a message that there's no more hotel rooms available. So even if we wanted, we couldn't get a space for you. And so if you don't sign up now, don't expect last minute to be like, hey, I kind of want to go. Sucks. You kind of should have wanted earlier. So make sure that we do that. Uh, And then tomorrow, just a heads up, it's the first Friday of the month. So there's no small groups. No small groups the first Friday of the month. Uh, But we want to encourage you, have fun, get together, do some stuff. And last but not least, we got a birthday today. Where's Valerie at? (laughs) Valerie! Valerie, how old are you today, 18? Girl's 18 years old, still as tall as a 14-year-old. But hey, we love her anyway. So I'm going to give you the old school Excel happy birthday song. This is your birthday song, it isn't very long. Hey! There you go, I love it. Uh, So listen, make sure you give Valet a hug, make her feel special, make her feel loved. And hey, my heart is the fact that on your birthday you chose to be in God's house and that's why you're special to us and that's why we love you. And so, uh, especially today because we are kicking off a new series tonight, a series that we call One Up. One Up. Uh, If you've never played video games, how many of you played video games in your life? At least once you've played video games. All right, now how many of y'all are serious about video games? Like, you consider yourself a gamer? Come on, ladies, you can, you can consider yourself, you're a gamer, all right? How many of you, like, your Fortnite is just bam, like, Fortnite skills are our next level? How many of you are liars? You can keep your hand up. <laughs> so listen, so this month, every week, we're going to use a video game as kind of the illustration for the theme that we're going to be talking about in that series. And for those of you who don't know 1UP... Uh, Anyone know what one-up came from? Anyone? One-up? Who remembers? Huh? Mario, right? And in Mario, what is a one-up? What does a one-up in Mario mean? You get an extra life, right? In Mario, when you get a one-up, you get an extra life. Well, listen, I did a little research, and one-up didn't start with Mario. As a matter of fact, it it started before electrical councils even started. One-up came during pinball games. And in a pinball game, there would be one up, two up, three up, four up, and there would be scores next to them. And when that one was lighted up, it was an indicator to tell you whose turn it was. Player one, you're up. Player two, you're up. Player three, you're up. And so the reason we wanted to do that as this series is because we want you to understand, hey, this is your time, you're up. This is your generation, this is your season, and what are you going to do with the extra life that God has given you as a believer? And so I want to talk about that as we dig in. And today, we picked a very um, easy theme, something that's been on my heart. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk about Mario Kart. How many of y'all been playing Mario Kart? All right, now listen, if you're serious about Mario Kart, get me down, add me as your friend. Get me on that chart, pull out your phone. Let's get it, let's go. The only guy that beat me so far is Jacob. I don't know why. I think Jacob has too much time on his hands. Oh, he's paying money? Get out of here, Jacob. You're paying money. Um, So listen, if you're serious, add me. That's my code, my ID number. Uh, We family. I'd love to race. They don't have it yet, but I know they're going to at some point update it so that we can race each other. And so I'd love to smoke you in Mario Kart. So if you don't want that smoke, don't do that. But if you're down, go ahead and write that down. But we're talking about Mario Kart. Now listen. I ain't going to lie, I've been on that a little too long, I've, I beat all the levels already, um, there's, there's more stuff that we'll get into, but this game is addictive, like, just low key. Oh, and by the way, do not add me if you don't drift. If you're on that other kind of driving thing, you're just not ready for me, so unless you drift, don't, don't try to add me, I ain't, I ain't sitting there with your little funny steering wheel, okay, so if you don't drift, don't add me. But uh, I think about this thing, and, and, and I was playing this game, and listen, you got to understand, I'm old school. I've been playing Mario Kart since it first came out, right? I was playing Mario Kart on, on SNES when it first came out and thinking, this is the greatest game of all time, right? i was playing Mario Kart at every stage, every level, playing it on the old school Wii and, and all the things that came up. And Mario Kart's dope because I think it's a game that everybody can play. You don't have to be an expert gamer. You don't have to be someone that plays all the time. Now, you may suck at it, but you can play it, right? And everybody can kind of jump in on Mario. I see some of you are like, hey, let me download that game though, right? Um, uh, We want to make sure that you understand, like, this is something everybody can do. But there are some interesting things about Mario Kart that I thought were funny. And we'll get into some specific stuff. But listen, if, if you got a short fuse, be careful with this game. Because, you know, what, if, you, if you're like I am, there's been some rounds, right? you killing it. you in first place. You see that finish line, and then, bam, a blue shell hits you, right? And then everybody runs over you, and you went from first to eighth in a half a second. And you're like, stupid game, right? You just throw your phone, right? There's some, there's some serious tension that happens when you're playing Mario Kart, right? There's some, there's some certain levels, particularly in the last few stages that opened up, Particularly in the New York level where I don't know how they expect me to get eight kajillion points in that thing. All right? I got all the players you want, but I can't get over 6,500. I'm getting really mad about it. right? But, but here's the deal. It keeps you playing. Now listen, I, just as a caveat, if you get this game, don't be like Jacob. all right? Don't buy all the things. all right? Keep it a free game. all right? Keep it a free game. Don't fall, that's how they make their money, don't fall into the temptation of taking shortcuts and, and, you know, your mama's credit card is attached to your Nintendo account and you bought $60 worth of rubies and your mama's like, what, what is this, right? Don't be a jerk, don't do that. Play, you get a two-week free trial, put it on your calendar, take it off when the two weeks are over, be like Pastor Joey, all right? But I was thinking about that as I was coming up with this series and I love the game, right? but there's a thing about racing games because when you can't reach your goal sometimes there is this temptation to just give up see some of you you downloaded the game and then deleted it the next day because you were just too frustrated because you're like it's just too hard to steer yeah you got to learn how to steer bro <laughs> like you got to work your way up to it and what i started to realize is people are really good at starting things but they're not so great at finishing People are really good at starting things, but they're not so good at finishing. That's why gyms make so much money, right? Because everybody signs up, but nobody ends up going. And then just like that gold pass and Mario Kart, if you forget to cancel it after the subscription's up over, you just charge every month and you don't even know what's going on. That's why, hey, listen, can I be real? That's why when we start small groups at the beginning of the semester, everybody's there. And then a couple months in, everybody disappeared until the next kickoff. Why? Because we start hot. But some of us struggle with finishing hot, right? We start good, but we don't finish good. That's why, like, you know, just a few weeks ago, you had your first day of school. Think about it. First day of school, you got a fresh outfit, right? Looking clean, new shoes maybe, because some of y'all only get a pair of shoes a year like I did. You look clean, you look fresh, got a nice haircut. Like, you're looking real. You got your first day of school outfit. You know what the last day of school outfit is? Your pajamas, a hoodie, A broke T-shirt, your gym shirt. You do not care on the last day of school. You're like, man, I'm too tired to look cute. It's the last day of school. I can't stand y'all. I'm ready to leave. Right, why? We started strong. We finished. (laughs) See, in the Bible, we see a lot of examples of people who went the long haul with stuff. People who not only started but finished the work that God had given them. And there's no one more uh, intense about that or no one that I appreciate more about that than a man named Paul. Listen, if you have your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. This is in his last days. He's about to die. He's been doing ministry. He had gone through literally hell. uh, Just all the things that he had experienced. Being beaten, being shipwrecked, being lost at sea. I mean, this guy had gone through it. But listen to what he says in these last verses if you can get that up. He as for me, my life is already being poured out as an offering to God. What does that mean? He's like, man, I'm almost done. And then he goes on to say, the time for my death is near. He knew he was going to die. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. He goes, guys, my time is coming to an end. But I'll tell you this. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And I remained faithful. Can I tell you, that's a prayer from my heart. That's what I want my Christian life to be. See, I don't want to be somebody that at 15 years old at Excel said yes to beginning a relationship with Jesus. But at 60 years old, looking at death's door, seeing, wow, I didn't finish. I gave up on my relationship with God. Uh, I I didn't maintain what God had started in my life. See, Paul loves to use the race illustration. He talks about it in a few different letters of his. I wonder if in those days he maybe saw like the first Olympics or something. You know, he understood what racing looked like. See, Paul didn't start things to finish. Paul, if he was playing Mario Kart, he'd get all those pink drivers, right? You know, those, those high the chrome Mario, New York Mario. He'd be getting all the, the best drivers. Why? Because he ain't here to play games. <laughs> He's here to finish the race. He's the one that holds on to that red shell when he's in second place just to blow you up right before he passes you into first place. I imagine Paul would be a serious gamer. But see, Paul wasn't playing the game. Paul was playing at real life. And Paul was talking about his eternal soul. Paul knew God saved me for a work, not just to go to heaven, but to do something while he's called me on this earth. He knew that the game was real and he had to play. And I want to talk to you guys about those three things that he mentioned. Right? I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I remained faithful. So if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to jot down is fight. If you want to succeed long-term in this walk with God, how many of you, just show your hands real quick. How many of you say, I have a relationship with Jesus, I consider myself a Christian. Just raise your hand high, raise it high. If you don't raise it high, then I don't believe you. All right, fine, put it down. So all of you who raised your hand said yes to some point having a relationship with Jesus. You started something, but you got to understand, you got to fight to finish, right? Everybody, think about Mario Kart again, right? In the beginning, you get that little turbo, right? After two, two, one, you hit that, hold that button, you get that turbo. We start off fast, but you can start off fast and still not finish. You can start off good, but nobody cares. Like at the end of the game, it's not like you were the first one to start. Nobody cares about that part at the end of the game. And so we have to understand in order to succeed, you have to fight. And that's kind of low-key what I love about Mario Kart. I love the weapons part. I love when I get into a frenzy and I'm blowing everybody up. I love that I get to just hold up. There's strategy behind that stuff. I love that I can just tailspin into you and knock you with my little uh, shell in the back. Like I love all those little things. Because it is a fight to win because there's other people battling against you. There's other people trying to get you to lose. And here's the thing you need to understand about your spiritual walk. It is not without opposition. There are people and there is a whole world of darkness whose goal is to get you to quit. See, the devil may not be able to physically stop you, but he can get you to quit. You're the only one who has the power to stop yourself. But there's enough that can be spoken into your life. There's enough trials that you can go through that will get you to quit. And what you need to understand is you and I are called to fight in order to succeed. It's not a passive thing. It's not something that's just going to happen because you did it long enough, because you've been a Christian long enough. You have to fight. I've said this to a lot of you on the day you said yes to Jesus. I told you that it's like getting married, right? It's like the day on your wedding day where you say, I do, to your husband or to your wife. You made a decision to begin a marriage with somebody. That was the decision, though. See, the next day, you got to learn how to build on that marriage. And I can tell you, having been married a few years now, it's not always easy. You have to fight for your relationship. There are people who try to get in the middle of you. There are situations and circumstances that try to split you apart. And everything we do, we have to fight to maintain that relationship. Well, it's no different with your relationship with God. There are people who don't want you to have a relationship with God. There are people who say, hey, what are you doing tonight? And you're like, oh, man, I'm going to Smogers. And I'm like, man, forget smugglers We're all going to go check out this movie. You got to be strong enough to say, hey, listen, I'd love to see that movie with you. But I got to do this first. If you guys are going later, I'm down. If you want to go before, I'm down. If you want to go tomorrow, cool. But I have priorities. Nah, man, you always go there. There's a reason I always go there. How about you go with me and then afterward we'll go to the movies. Why do I have to compromise? How about you compromise? Right? And so we got to get to this understanding of fighting. Listen, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says this. It says, fight the good fight for true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Hold on to that. Just keep that up for a second. I love what he says. Hold tightly. Right? Why do you think he says that? Because something is trying to pull your faith away. Let's say this is my faith. Caleb, try to pull it from me. Try to pull it. See, I got to hold tightly. Why? Because they're trying to take my faith from me. You're good, boy. You're really strong. That's us it. Right? Some of y'all... People try to take your faith you're like, oh, I suck. <laughs> and you're like, what happened? I lost my faith. No, you didn't. You didn't hold on to it. Right? You didn't hold on to the thing that was being. And listen, there are a lot of things that try to pull you away from your faith. The temptations that we have try to pull us from our faith. Man, I, I want to have a strong relationship with God, but I also want to be popular. I also want to be liked by people. Hey, I want to have a strong relationship with God, but honestly, I'd rather have a relationship with somebody else romantically. And so why can't I have both? Because one tries to pull you from the other. I'm sure at some point you can, but you have to understand that anything that tries to pull me from my relationship with God, I need to pull away from. And I need to cling to, hold tightly to the eternal life which God has called me to. Right, It's not just your relationship, it's the life that you've been called to live. The life that you've been called to live. Well, How come i got to be different from everybody? Because nobody notices the same things. If you're same, nobody will ever notice. It's the difference in you that people take notice of. And so you and I have to be careful to hold tightly to the eternal life that God has called us to. The one that we declared before so many witnesses. Let me just go into that verse 2. The one that we declared before so many witnesses, I've been where you've been, and and I'll be honest with you. A lot of times the reason most of the people in our schools don't know about our relationship with Christ is because we feel like if they found out, then we'd have to live up to that standard. So we'd rather they not know because then we don't have to look like hypocrites, at least on the outside. I love what he says. He says you have to hold tightly to what? what we declared before many witnesses. If your friends are shocked that you're a Christian, that's a problem in you. If your friends don't know that you have a relationship with Jesus, that's a problem for you. Okay? That's a problem for you because that tells me that you don't have many witnesses. And if you don't have many witnesses, there's no reason for you to hold on to something. That means here you act like a Christian and there you don't. And you have to be willing to fight. And it's a fight. It's not easy. It's it's not the nicest thing all the time. There are times that you have to fight, but it's a worth it fight. See, every race has its challenges, but there are some who have the determination to fight, fight through pain, fight through the temptation to quit, fight through uh, the heartache and discouragement at times. If you ever watch uh, like runners in a race, man, they fight. I couldn't do it. I watch a race sometimes on TV, and I'm sitting there like, <sighs> like my asthma kicks in for them. They have this thing even with, with like marathon runners where it's called the wall. They, they hit a certain point in the race where their body literally says, I'm done. And they have to mentally push beyond their body to be able to continue the race. Listen, there's going to come points in your spiritual walk where your flesh is going to say, it's not worth it. But your spirit has to go stronger than your flesh. Your spirit has to say, I know you don't think so, but it will be. You understand what I'm saying? You can't live a Christian life passively. You can't be who God called you to be passively. You have to be aggressive. Now, I'm not saying aggressive with people, right? I'm not gonna go up and be like, hey, I'm a Christian, you better love me. It's like, that's weird, right? And I just put my hands on a child, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not saying be dumb aggressive. I'm saying when somebody tries to pull away from you what God has given you, you have to be able to hold it tightly. You have to be able to say, not today. You hear me? So Paul fought. Paul fought tooth and nail to survive what God has called him to do. Too many of us are just willing or not willing to fight, and so we never discover how strong we really are. But the second thing is this it's not just about fighting. It's about remaining faithful in that fight. There are goals. When you play the Mario Kart game online, there are goals that keep me trying to play the game. Right, because I finished all the races pretty quick. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I started seeing they had challenges and they had all these things. And I'm like, oh, bet. cool. There's, there's kind of goals for me to try to keep going. It's not just about finishing the race, but it's how I finish. Some goals require you to get a certain score. Other goals require you to do a certain number of acts a certain number of times. And listen, I'll be honest with you. There's some nights I'm playing and I'm on the same level and I played it, you know, 67 times or something like that. (laughs) And I don't know if you all ever been there, right? You ever just kept doing it so many times that you finally just throw it? And you're just like, man, I'm done. I'm done. But here's the deal. I can put it away, but what I don't do is I don't delete it. I don't erase it. I don't give up. I'm going to try again. I'm just really upset right now, and I'm about to break my own iPad, and so I'm just going to put it away because I'm tired and I'm sleepy, and it's 430 in the morning, and I should go to bed, right? Those are those moments. But how many know, next day, I'm trying to get those next day challenge points, I log back in. Why? Because I want to be faithful to what I started. In the same way, listen, there are gonna be times where this gets hard. There's gonna be times where you gotta rest, you gotta put it down for a second, but then you try again. Why? Because there's a goal that we have, there, there's an incentive, there's something ahead of you that makes you want to keep going. Hebrews describes it like this if you have your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. The life of faith. Let me pause there. That crowd that he's describing are the men and women in the previous chapter of Hebrews 11. They usually refer to that as the hall of faith. These are men and women who had great faith and who are no longer with us. And so, what he's saying is, hey, listen, heaven is filled with a bunch of people who have been through what you're going through and they are watching you and they are cheering you on. Right? Just like in, a, in any kind of sports game, there's this crowd that's, that's chanting and cheering and saying, come on, man, finish, finish. We have a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let me pause there for a moment. I'll be honest with you. There ain't nothing saltier in that Mario Kart game than when you hit yourself with your own shell. Man, nothing saltier. Y'all have been in first place, and you're thinking, man, I just want to get rid of this thing. Bounces off something, rocks you, and then you end up in sixth place two seconds later. There ain't nothing saltier. Why? Because I did it to myself. That's not what anybody else said, is I did it to myself. Listen to what he says. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. What is he saying? He's saying you're getting in your own way with your own sin. And you can't blame anybody. That's on you. Right. Hey, listen, get rid of that sin that's preventing you from getting to the next level in your spiritual walk. And listen, I'm not saying y'all are murderers or anything. I'm not talking about like these crazy sins. Some of you, listen, let's be honest, it's the sin of laziness. How's laziness a sin? Well, if it stops you from getting close to God, if it stops you from reading your Bible, if it stops you from taking time to pray and worship, anything that prevents you from getting closer to God, I'd throw that in as a sin. It can be as simple as that. Or it could be as complicated as some other things that we struggle with. Some other hidden sins that we don't want other people to know. That if we all had all our sins written on our face and on our body as we walked in. Or if everybody walked around with a t-shirt that had every sin you were committing currently. How many know I wouldn't go outside? (laughs) But we still go through it. We still struggle through it. And so what is he saying? Hey, listen, take that shirt off. Strip away that which is weighing you down, that's stopping you from finishing the race. you got to be willing to go, and it easily trips us up, right? Our sin life easily stops us from accomplishing that God has called us to do. That's why we got to be faithful to God, not to our sins, not to the things that we struggle with. And so it goes on to say in the very next verse, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us, Right? Endurance is that idea of being able to push past that moment of wanting to give up. Soccer players have craziest endurance I've ever seen in my life. How many know I stopped playing soccer at five years old? That's about when my endurance ended. <laughs> and then I got bigger and asthmaticer and I was like, no more soccer for me, okay? Endurance is the ability to push past places and moments where other people quit. Some of you need to strengthen your spiritual endurance. You need to be able to get past where other people are quitting. You need to be able to move beyond where other people are at. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And then the next part says this. We do this, okay, so how do we run the race with endurance? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside our throne. What is it saying? It's saying that Jesus was able to keep his eye on the prize. How do you remain faithful to the race that God has called you to run? You keep your eyes on the prize. I've said this story a few times before, but for those of you who don't know, I remember a few years ago, like 2008, Um, I went on vacation with some youth leaders when I was a youth leader. A bunch of us all decided to go to Puerto Rico on a vacation. So it was just a few guys. And uh, every day somebody got to pick what they wanted to do. Like, hey, out of the whole trip, what's one thing you want to do? And we'll all do it. And so, you know, uh, we all did different things. And we went parasailing, horseback riding, went out to eat. Everybody had something different. One guy wanted to go scuba diving. Not scuba, sorry, snorkeling. So he brought snorkeling gear, and we all decided, OK, well, everybody gets their turn. I'll be honest with you, I've never snorkeled in my life. And I'm not the greatest swimmer anyway. But we were like, "Hey, everybody's going to do it, right? We all agree. we're not going to be one of those people." And so cool, we go in. Now I got the crappy snorkeling gear. Everybody had like their own gear. I had like the leftover. this used to belong to my third cousin gear. And so they gave me the gear, and I'm swimming, and water is getting into my goggles. I don't know how to snorkel well, so like water was getting in my snorkel, so I'm like breathing salt water, and I'm like, this ain't working. Now listen, before, I, before we even got into the water, the goal was to get to this little tiny island about 50 yards away, and this guy was who was like on the beach, he's like, oh yeah, there's some nice coral reef over there and stuff like that, just, um, you know, don't worry, there's a sand barge, right, so there's sand barge under the water, like a little bridge, It takes you about halfway, and then you only got to swim about half of the way. So that was what convinced me. I'm like, cool, I don't have to swim that long. I'll walk most of it, and then I'll swim. Well, I kid you not, I took two and a half steps, and it just went 100 feet deep. So I'm now swimming. Water's getting in my tube, into my goggles. My friends are swimming in front of me, kicking me in the face with their fins. I'm getting real angry. And I decide, you know what, it's better if I just take the snorkeling gear off and just swim, because I was sucking up all the salt water anyway. Now, again, if you don't know, snorkeling is supposed to be easy. You kind of just lay there and kick your feet. And because you're breathing, you're not doing a lot of work. Swimming is a lot of work. (laughs) So now I'm swimming against the ocean current, which is not easy. And I'm trying to get to this island. And suddenly my legs start cramping. I'm running out of breath because I'm asthmatic. I'm freaking out because, like, I'm going to die. And all this is going on. And I remember thinking, I cannot die on vacation in Puerto Rico. That's stupid. I am called to die in a blaze of fiery glory, saving like a million orphans from a burning building. Something dope like that, right? Not on vacation. And so I remember, <coughs> it's weird. If you've ever had a near-death experience, it's Freaky. Because there's these moments where you start thinking about, like, your loved ones and and your mind starts to go. Like, your mind starts to get into this, hey, bro, you're going to die. You might as well accept it kind of thing, right? And my mind started drifting there for a moment. And then I think my ego was like, nah, bro, we ain't dying here. (laughs) This is not happening. So I remember I looked up and on this little island was a boat. And this little boat was just kind of like a crashed up boat on the island. on the back of it had the words, Vive which means live in English. And I was like, yeah, that's right. I'm going to live. And I just remember in my mind, I'm thinking, don't think about anything else and don't look anywhere else. Keep your eyes on vive and swim to the boat. Swim to the boat. So all I did was I kept my eyes on the words vive because sometimes when you swim, you can just swim aimlessly and drift off. And I'm like, I'm going to focus on that. That is my goal. And I am going to swim with whatever I have left. And I am going to live. And I swam and I swam. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even get to the boat before I knocked into some coral reef and like banged. I'm like, dude, I just killed that coral reef. Like a, sorry, Animal Planet, but I'm, I'm more an animal that needs to survive than you right now. Here's the deal. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm almost 100% confident. I would not have lived if I didn't fix my eyes on life. If I would have let my mind drift to death, if I would have let my mind go to a dark place, if I would have allowed myself to just accept my circumstance and fall, I'm almost 100% sure I would have drowned that day and died. It was because I was willing to fix my eyes. And I'm telling you, the only thing I looked at was vive and prayed, God, help me do that. Don't let me go. There's more that you have for me, Lord. Get me to the boat. Reaching your spiritual goals. It's hard when you take your eyes off of Jesus. When you stop remembering why you said yes in the first place, you're already drowning. When you forget what the Lord has done for you from day one is the moment you started to drown. Some of us need to pick our heads up out of the water and look back on the bread of life that is Jesus Christ and remind ourselves, he is my goal. Not Getting the best education, not having the best job, not buying all this fancy stuff. My goal in life is to reach Jesus. And listen, when I was looking at that Viva, there were still people that were like swimming next to me. One of my buddies still kept kicking me. When we got on the land, I punched him dead in the chest. I was so mad. I'm like, you almost killed me, bro. (laughs) There are going to be people that are going to get in your way when you are trying to reach life. Don't let them. There are going to be people that are going to literally kick you in the face to try to pull you away. And there's going to be your own temptation because it was easier. Honestly, it would have been easier for me to just stop. It would have been easier for me to just not be faithful anymore and to let myself go. But I knew I had to do something. I had to finish what I started. And if you're taking notes, the third thing is this. Maybe more important than anything else in a race is you have to finish. You have to be able to finish this race. What's the point of starting the game if you never take the time to finish? Y'all ever played a a video game and somebody rage quits on you? You ever had that? If you don't know what rage quitting is, it's when you're playing an online game with somebody and you're completely destroying them and they're salty like you're playing 2K or something and you're balling them out and they're salty and they just quit the game like in the last quarter. And you know you're mad because you, like, lose all the points and you lose all the score. And, you, and, and they're usually, like, saying something online that's not appropriate for church. And you're just like, man, listen, some of us, if we're not careful, we rage quit in our spiritual life. Oh, well, I don't like people at Excel. They, 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 they were talking, they're gossiping, or, or there's, there's cliques, and uh, these leaders have their favorite student, and, and that's not me. Stop rage quitting on church. Stop coming up with excuses for why you decided to no longer follow God. Because here's what I never understood. I never understood how somebody could be so mad at church that they stopped following Jesus. Right? Well, you know, I don't like the way the church is, so I'm not going anymore. Okay, I get that. And I would even understand that. But why when you left, you stopped following Jesus altogether? Maybe your issue wasn't the church. Maybe it was Jesus. Some of us need to understand that rage quitting is not an option. I can't just... Take my ball and go home. By the way, I hated that kid that did that. You cheated. I'm going to take my ball. I was like, take your ball. You're lucky I can't afford one of my own. (laughs) Listen, we got to get to this point where quitting is never an option. You got to get to a point in your spiritual walk where you understand quitting is not an option. One of my favorite verses, it's not on the screen, but uh, there was a moment where Jesus gave a hard teaching to his disciples. And the Bible says that many disciples walked away and said, I can't follow you anymore. And then he looked at his close 12, his inner circle of disciples. And he looked at them and he said, are you going to leave too? And I love their answer. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? You hold the keys to life. Listen, we got to get to a point in our spiritual walk where there is no plan B. Where I can't afford to quit. Jesus, where am I going to go? You're all I have in my life. I'm not going to plan uh, to hook up with this person or to do that or or fall back on this career. You are everything to me. And I'm all in. Listen, John chapter 4, verse 34. Jesus says, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. How many know Jesus was great? But all that would have been for nothing if he didn't finish the work on the cross. He had to do everything, not just some of it. We have to get to a point. Listen, I love that you're here. I love that you started something with God. But are you willing to finish it? And not finish it, I don't mean like tonight. I mean at the end of your days when you're looking at death's door and you're about to enter one of those two directions, heaven or hell. Are you going to be confident of where you're going? Because like Paul, in his last moments, he was able to say, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I remain faithful. Listen, you and I need to take it that next step. Acts chapter 20 verse 24 says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus Christ. The work of telling others The good news about the wonderful grace of God. That's the attitude that God has called us to have. Man, I I made a lot of money. I was successful. I had a lot of kids and big family. And and I had a beautiful house and a great car. Awesome. None of that can follow you to heaven. Did you finish the race? Did you do the work that God called you to do? No, but I had a 4.0 GPA. Guess who doesn't care about that? Heaven. Heaven. Now listen, don't get me wrong. I want you to be smart. But for me, it is more important for you to get to heaven than get into Harvard. That's my goal. My goal is not getting you into an Ivy League school. My goal is to make sure that each of you, not just today, but at the end of your days, is able to stand with me in heaven and celebrate the glory of God together. The goal is to finish. Worship team, if you can help me out. In the 1968 Summer Olympics, there was a marathon runner from Tanzania named John Stephen Akwari. He had a 26-mile race, which is a marathon. And just fun fact, Western Avenue is the length of a marathon. It's the longest street in the United States. It's over 26 miles. And during the 26-mile race, he had serious setbacks. He experienced severe cramping. He wasn't used to the altitude where they were racing. At about halfway point, there were a bunch of runners fighting for position. Remember, we talked about that idea of fighting. (laughs) He ended up falling hard, hurting his shoulder, and severely injuring his knee. As a matter of fact, he actually dislocated his knee in that moment. Despite all this, he kept running the race. The winner of that race came in at a time of two hours, 20 minutes, and 26 seconds. Over an hour later, when the sun was setting and almost all the fans had already left, John came running down the finish line. His time, three hours, 25 minutes, 27 seconds. He was dead last in the race. And he finished in 57th place. When asked why he kept running, why didn't he just quit? Why didn't he just say, it's not worth it, I've injured myself? Listen, a lot of people would have understood, right? Dude, it's not your fault. You know, you got caught up in a jumble. You dislocated your knee. You really hurt your shoulder. You were in pain. We get it. Not a problem. People would have been sympathetic. Family would have loved on him. It would have been easy for him to just bow out. But listen to his response. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. See, Jesus didn't die on the cross and conquer death over 2,000 years ago for you to start a relationship with him. We put a lot of emphasis on that sometimes as a church. We had so many people say yes to Jesus. So many people raise their hand. That's great. We had a lot that started the race. But how many finished? See, I, when, when I go before the Lord, I don't want to measure the years of ministry by how many people said yes. I want to measure the years of ministry by how many people are with me in heaven. I want to be able to count and say, where's so-and-so? Oh, there you are. Oh, there you are. There you are. I don't want to just start this, guys. I want to finish. Jesus did it. He finished so that you and everyone you know can finish in the same way too. And some might think, yeah, but John Aquari finished last. 57th place? I get mad when I finish eighth place in Mario Kart. He finished 57th place. How was that a good thing? Well, here's how I look at it he finished 57th, but there were 75 people who started. He finished 57th, but there were 75 people who started. 24% of those runners never crossed the finish line. Listen, I don't care if I'm last to get into heaven as long as I get in. I don't care. Listen, you know what they call a doctor who finished last in school? Doctor. (laughs) He got through, man. And there was a lot of people who weren't willing to finish that sadly i've done this long enough to know that not all of you who said yes will finish it's probably one of the greatest burdens on my heart as a youth pastor it's to know after spending some of you 6 years even i was just thinking of Valerie it's her 18th birthday i remember her when she was 14 i went to her quinceanera. i i've done this for so long and i love you guys so much But because I've done this so long, I've seen a lot of people quit the race. I've seen a lot of people bow out, stop fighting, no longer stay faithful, and quit before they finish. Many have walked away. Listen, I've done this long enough that I've seen people who said yes to Jesus, who went through Excel, who ended up going back to a life of homosexuality, who ended up going back into prostitution, who ended up going back into gangs. I've known kids who have gone through here who ended up dying just a few short years afterward without having a relationship with God. It's not about starting something. It's about finishing. Listen, some of you last week, you said yes to Jesus for the first time. You started something wonderful and amazing, and I'm proud of you, and I love that. But man, I want you to finish. I don't want you to just start this. I want you to finish. Many have left. Some come back. Others don't. And so the question is, how can you be more confident of which one of those two aisles you're going to land in? You know what I love in the Bible. Jesus is getting ready to uh, get captured and crucified, and he's having his last meal with his disciples. And he says something. He goes, "One of you will betray me." Now we all know that it was Judas. Judas was sitting at that table, and he was betrayed. But you know what? All the disciples asked right after Jesus said that. Every one of them looked at him and said, "This is it, me, Lord." You know what that means? It means that all of them knew they were capable of betraying Jesus. All of them knew, it's just that easy for me to betray you. Listen, some of you in this room are not going to stand with the Lord at the end of your days. Some of you in this room are not going to finish the race. And the question shouldn't be who. The question should be, Is it me, God? Am I one of those people that won't finish the race? Stand with me. There's an easy way to answer that question. You just have to fight the good fight. You have to keep your faith. And you have to finish your race. Tonight I want to close in prayer. Maybe you've been fighting, but honestly you're getting tired, you've been tempted to give up, some of you so far have even given up on your own life, you've been tempted to quit, and I want to pray that God would give you that second wind to push past and finish, the strength to keep swinging, maybe you're here and your faith is being tested, you're going through a a season of difficulty, I want to pray that God would give you the courage to throw off whatever's tripping you up, I want to pray for every one of you that's a believer to finish the race. Now, most of you raise your hand. But just in case, I'm going to ask, would you close your eyes for just a moment? Bow your head. Because I'm going to ask, before we pray for the believers, I'm going to ask for a moment of privacy. Young man, young lady, this is between you and the Lord right now. But I believe that as I was talking, the Lord was speaking to you. And he was knocking on your heart. And he was telling you, I want you to start this race. Not only do I want you to start it, I want you to finish it. Listen, I'm not talking about uh, religion. I'm not talking about knowing a bunch of facts and this. I'm talking about having a real and tangible relationship with Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life in heaven. It's not about the fear of going to hell. It's about the prize of finishing well. And so listen, this is a private moment, but the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, then you are saved. You have started the race. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to ask, if there is anyone here who doubts where they're going to end up at the end of this thing, who's not sure which side they're going to be on, who's never made a decision to say yes to Jesus, but the Lord has been calling you in this moment. It's been saying, he's talking about you. Then right where you're at with no head looking, no, no one looking, just lift up your hand a moment. I want to pray for you just so I can know who you are. Is there anyone here who says, Pastor, that's me. I want to have a relationship with God. Just pick up your hand and then you can put it down. Once one of my leaders comes by you, thank you, sweetie. Is there anyone else who says, that's me? Thank you, buddy. Sorry. Anyone else says, that's me? I need a relationship with God. I don't want to walk out of here the same way. I don't want to wonder whether or not I'm going to go to heaven or hell. I I need to know confidently right now. One more chance if there's anyone. Thank you, sweetie. Abby, if you can help me out. Anyone else? That's me. Awesome. I'm going to pray for you. Just a simple salvation prayer. I'm going to ask everybody if you would repeat after me. And then when we're done praying, I'm going to ask the leader if they can just pull you aside for a moment and just kind of have a conversation with you about just what and now. But church, why don't you guys all pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I know that I've sinned. And I know that I'm not where I need to be. But I ask you, God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new creation and let me start this race. And God, I ask that I not just start it, but that you would give me the strength to fight, be faithful, and finish what you began in my life. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, we're just going to keep this atmosphere because I want to pray. Maybe some of you in this room, you need to be strengthened tonight. Maybe there's some of you that you realize, man, I, I, I'm tired. I've been fighting and fighting and fighting, and I'm, I'm getting tired. Maybe some of you, your faith is, is a little wobbly right now, and you're, you're tempted to lose your faith. You're tempted to, to quit. And maybe some of you are, are just not sure if you're going to finish. I don't care which of you it is. I don't is. It doesn't bother me where you're at. But right now is a moment where we can go to the Lord so that he can strengthen us to finish the race that he has already started in us. So whether you're the youngest here or whether you're the oldest, it doesn't matter. Even if you're on the worship team and you need to. If there's anyone here who says, Pastor, that's me. I, I need just a refreshing right now. I want you right where you're at. Would you just join me up front? I want to pray with you together. If there's anyone here who says, Pastor, that's me. I, I-, I need a refreshing. I- I'm getting tired. Come on, join me over here. Join me over here. Come on up, come on up. Awesome. Let me get up here so it's not awkward. First of all, thank you for being honest. This is part of the reason why we don't make it is because we're not honest with where we're really at. But when you're willing to be transparent and honest and say, man, I'm just tired. Those are the moments that you go to the Lord. The Bible is full of men and women who cried out to God and said, God, I'm just tired. Would you strengthen me? Would you fulfill me? So I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. And I'm going to ask if the rest of us, if we can just extend our hands toward them just as a a, a sign of of prayer and and that we're going to intercede for them. And I want to pray right now that God will strengthen you. But I want to encourage you. Listen, one prayer from me may not do it. Take the time, even tonight, to get alone, whether it's in your room, in the shower, in the closet, wherever you can get alone, and cry out to God. It is okay to be honest with the Lord it's okay to say, God, do you even know what you're doing? Because I don't think you do. Some of us step back. And go, I can't say that to God. Well, it's not like he doesn't know you think that already. <laughs> so maybe it's a moment to just be honest and transparent. And I believe every time I've done it, the Lord has led me to the right answers. The Lord has led me to a moment of strengthening. Okay? So I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to ask, would you just grab the hand of somebody who's up here with you? Just, again, as a sign of connection in that. And as I pray, would you pray for the person on your right and your left? And guys, would you guys begin to pray for them as well? Come on, let's begin to pray right where you're at. Let's begin to cry out to God. Come on, those of you that are up here, begin to pray for the person on your right and your left. Those of you in your seat, begin to pray for those that are up here and are needing strengthening. Heavenly Father, I pray for every individual up here. God, I thank you, Lord, for their courage and their openness and their willingness to admit that I'm not where I need to be, God that I'm struggling to fight, that I'm struggling to be faithful, that I'm struggling to finish. God, I just pray against those temptations, those moments that try to pull us away, that try to get us to quit, that try to convince us that it's not worth it. Lord, even now, Holy Spirit, I ask, would you rejuvenate them, God? Would you raise up their strength that they may run and not grow weary, that they will soar on wings of eagles? God, I just pray your scripture over them, God. Renew their strength, God. Renew their strength, Lord. Renew their spiritual strength. Renew their physical strength, Lord. Allow them to be poured out into you, Almighty God. Allow them to be able to finish the race. Lord, I thank you that they started. I thank you that they've been here. I thank you that they've been faithful as long as they have, God. But let them finish what you did, God. Let them finish the race that you have called them to run. Let them finish the moments that you have called them to be in, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill them afresh and anew with your presence, God. And, Lord, I pray that as you fill them with your presence and you strengthen them, may they go back and strengthen their brothers and sisters, God. May they be a source of refuge as well, Lord. May they be people who are extensions of your hands as they continue to encourage their neighbors and their friends to finish what you started, God. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, for its reminder. We thank you for what you started. And we thank you for your help to finish. And we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Would you give God a hand clap of praise wherever you're at? (laughs) Amen. Now listen, again, take time. Get into the Lord's presence. Put some worship music on. Lay down. Put Mario Kart away. Open your Bible for a moment. When you need to be refreshed, you got to be willing to go to the well. you got to be willing to go back to the source. And sometimes those moments, like when you start getting a leg cramp, usually that's a sign of dehydration. Go drink water. Don't cut off your leg. Go drink water. And so when you start to feel that spiritual tang, one of the easiest things to do right off the bat is go back into the presence of God. Let that be the moment of fulfilling. And if it's anything else, he'll tell you in those moments. Amen. And when you are strengthened, go back and strengthen others. God bless you, I love all of you, and we will see you Sunday at church. Come on, God bless.